Hey folks, in this episode of the podcast, we're gonna be talking about NFTs and the mystery around that space. I have an expert in that space on the show today, Mr. Donnie Dench. He's the CEO of a company called Bitsky. This is Twitter. Welcome back to This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. You may have heard of these three letters called NFT that have been kind of floating and taking the world by storm over the last couple of years or so, you know, either attached to Bitcoin or crypto and all that stuff. And as a photographer, you may be thinking, you know what, I'm going to sit on the sidelines and let that stuff work itself out. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. Regardless, I have FOMO and FUD at the same time. So what do you do? There are companies that are that are sprouting up that are doing some amazing things to help make it simple for folks like you and me, photographers that aren't crypto experts to get in and not miss the boat with that. Bitsky is one of those companies and the CEO of Bitsky is Donnie Dench. He's here today to, to just kind of shoot the breeze about what's going on in that space. Donnie, how's it going, man? Welcome to the show. Yeah, it's going really well. Thanks for having me. Excited to yeah. chat. Yeah, I am too. I am too. There's so much. We only have like a. We only have like 30 minutes or so to go through this stuff. But there's. I feel like I have three hours of questions for you. I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm gonna try to compress it down into a manageable bite size. So let's let's start with uh, a little bit of history of of who you are and what your goals were when you created Bitsky. What it, what it is all about before we dive into the whole NFT space. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, my background has been in consumer product and package design uh, out of school. And then around, I don't know, 2008, 2009, I got into technology, I moved out to Seattle, uh, worked through a few startups, uh, started a previous company before Bitsky, uh, went through that whole process, acquisition process, and then, you know, wanted to work with those the same folks again. And we started another company, didn't quite know what we wanted to build, but uh, kicked around a few ideas in around the beginning of 2018. Um, you know, Bitsky was born, and we got really excited about this idea of digital ownership. Um, you know, oddly enough, we're you know we're obviously we're pretty we're pretty savvy in the crypto space, and you know understand it quite well. But uh, a big focus of what we were doing was uh, really around that. Hey, blockchain is now this new sort of technology that enables new user experiences for people. Um, and you know what I the thing that fir the first really caught me was this this application called CryptoKitties, um, and you could buy this like digital cat, and then you could sell the digital cat, and it all happened on the blockchain. And I thought that was that was quite novel. And uh, meanwhile, you know, playing video games, spending a hundred bucks a month on banana outfits in Fortnite. Um, and I couldn't sell any of that. And uh, so it true. seemed almost criminal. And, it's like, and, and, and to be quite honest, it's just like, this is a big idea. We think that, you know, if you think of the blockchain as nothing more than a global source of truth of who owns what and what that stuff can do, um, it kind of, it, it basically creates a new primitive of the internet uh, that is ownership. And that means you can own, you can prove that you can own digital things. You can take it to different places so long as they support or you know, listen to this global blockchain. And, uh, you know, it's a really big idea. And so Bitsky was really sort of an outcome-oriented uh, business on how do we enable this sort of digital ownership uh, for the masses. And that's really what we've been focused on for the past three and a half years. And that's that's kind of the idea of the the metaverse, right? Where you know Mark Mark Zuckerberg tried to kind of co-op the word metaverse, but we all know that you know it's been out since since what Snow Crash, right? But right. the the whole idea, as as I recall from that presentation that they did, the whole their idea of the metaverse is you should be able to take, like you said, some digital asset you purchase in Fortnite or 
PUBG or whatever and mm -hmm. take that somewhere else. You own it versus it only living in that environment. Is that that that's that's basically the case with that kind of ownership, right? Yeah, absolutely. We kind of think of the metaverse not as one place, but a constellation of all the places you spend time, but with this underlying ownership layer that can, you know, that your content can traverse across. And that doesn't mean it's going to look the same in all these different places. That doesn't mean that it's going to work the same in all these places. But, you know, the blockchain really keeps track of what you own and how it's displayed is really up to, you know, the world that you go in. And I think that that is a really big opportunity for people building, whether it's consumer, social apps, uh, you know, virtual worlds and games, um, you know, to the extent that you can enable creators to, you know, that you can facilitate economic activity in these places, I think it's a really, really big idea. You know, we spend all of our time on computers as it is. Um, and certainly a lot of people, you know, we've all played games for, you know, our generation for at least since we were kids. And mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, more and more commonplace, but at the end of it, you really don't have a lot to show for it. Um, and I think that, you know, there are people that are really great at doing things in these digital places. And so to the extent that like you can facilitate this economic activity of, you know, goods and services. I think that's a that's a really big idea, and we really see sort of NFTs as the atomic unit powering all that. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I want to dive into that. Just, let me understand this piece of it. So, if we look at, if we look, if the analogy you drew was kind of like the web, right? When like mm -hmm. Web 1.0, a bunch of disparate servers or websites that are connected through an HTTP protocol that you can bounce around and see stuff, and it kind of all works as long as long as everybody's playing by a certain set of rules, i.e., these protocols. Same thing in this world, right? The Web3 world. But how does that work when you're, you know, if there's a, a Metaverse A and a Metaverse B and there are digital assets in Metaverse A that you want to get over to Metaverse B, I'm assuming you guys are, are jumping in to be the connective tissue there. But does, do, does Metaverse A have to somehow have an agreement with B in order for those assets to transfer? And if it's a Microsoft and an Apple, for, now we know Apple's not going to play, but a Microsoft and a NVIDIA, for example, mm. how, do you, how do you transfer those goods between the two if they don't agree to play nice? Yeah, and I think this is really where the blockchain comes in. And I think, you know, the, the, the blockchain that's taken the world by storm that, you know, I think Bitcoin came out first and, you know, it's, it, it's it, it, you know for all intents and purposes it's kind of a dumb blockchain it's 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 a store of value it, you can't do anything that intelligent with it and i'm sure there's people listening that are like oh you can but relatively speaking uh, when Ethereum came out, Ethereum allowed you to effectively run, you know, smart contracts or otherwise like Turing complete little applications that you could deploy on chain. And with that came a whole set of standards, um, a standard of this is what a currency token looks like. This is what a digital good token looks like. This is what a semi fungible token looks like. And really, I think when you think about the plate, like, let's say, Microsoft and NVIDIA and whomever, what they really need to agree on is to support that set of standards. And there will be like a series of businesses that come around and have certain translation layers for different chains. I think just to like skip forward of like what could be a four hour conversation, I think in the ultimate world, will be, there will be a chain of chains effectively mm -hmm. that everything has this sort of like liquidity around. Um, but I do think for the, you know, the next five to 10 years, there's the the chain that becomes the most popular that really facilitates a lot of this at Metaverse will be, will, will create a set of standards that other people can adopt. And you've already seen seen this where Ethereum has really kind of jumped out of the gate and, and decided, hey, th this is how we're going to architect these certain token types or whatever. And you've seen other new newer chains sort of, you know, adopt small variants uh, of the same sort of standard just because, you know, it's, it's easier that way. And, we've, and, and to your point, this is something that we've seen play out through the web as well.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's so exciting. You know, the, one of the other other things that pops up, especially, you know, going back to, again, Facebook with the, with their announcement and, you know, the, the, the Quest 2 and whatever comes after that. And then the rumored headsets from from Apple and other companies is when, when, when I think of metaverse, I think I got to put my headset on to go in here. My headset is my passport to get into that world. And now I'm in there and there's my, I'm in my little digital home apartment and I've got my NFTs on the wall there and all that stuff. Um, that's one kind of aspect of it, right? Is, or is that, is that the holy grail of where this stuff is going? I'm going in Fortnite and I'm putting, hanging up an outfit that I bought in Fortnite in my digital closet at home to take out when I want to go somewhere else. Or is it something different? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's really interesting. I, I, you know, back to sort of the way that we kind of grew up, and, and I, I'm just I'm ballparking. We're probably roughly the same age. You know, the yeah. '80s and '90s and VR and like Tron and all the. We've kind of created the skeuomorphic version of what we think a metaverse is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and Ready Player One certainly didn't help change that at all. <laughs> um, but the reality is, I, I don't think I think that you can think of VR as an endpoint. Is like you know the difference between uh, you know I can go onto the internet on my you know my desktop or my iMac or I can do it on my phone. Um, it's just you know VR is one terminal of many to how you would interact with this. Um, but I think the the important part of it is that it really comes down to this idea of like perpetual ownership and this idea that you have you know this ability to create value across different places. So it doesn't really, I, I don't think the medium is near as important. Um, like I would consider, you know, the metaverse, like say hypothetically, you know, I, I create a, I get some photo and I upload it to Instagram and, you know, Instagram eventually maybe has a button that says mint when I upload and then someone can buy that photo and put it on a wall in a video game and maybe that's a VR world or whatever. Uh, but like, it, it's more that you have this, 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 this idea that content that can traverse different places. So I don't, yeah. I wouldn't over index on it necessarily needing to be VR. I think yeah. that Facebook is making a big push on that. And I think that that's, I think we're, I mean, I think this is a very subjective thing still. I mean, I know Oculus sales out, you know, outsold Xbox and, and PlayStation over the past year, probably because PlayStation and Xbox were basically impossible to purchase. But mm-hmm. I still think that, um, you know, there's enough interest, but I, don't, I think we're still a little bit early on a fully immersive VR. Now, what I do think is very exciting is AR. And I think we're, we're basically just one hardware cycle away from that becoming a really relevant thing. But if I, you know, right now we all wear glasses just to, like, to see better. But what if we could wear them to see more? And I think that's the opportunity for AR glasses. I could have a digital pet cat sitting on my shoulder right now that could be an nft like like right now i mean and this is where i guess to kind of take it a little bit further so i think the important part is people want to when they're in these digital places people want to represent themselves in the same way that they do in real life like i you know i wear a t-shirt i cut my hair a certain way we all like you know subconsciously do these things to say this is this is how i want people to perceive me and how i want them to get to know me on first glance or what, what have you um people want to do that in a digital place and it's been otherwise pretty tricky you know most video games are sort of like a dictatorship from the perspective of allowing third-party content to live and operate there you know most games are kind of like north korea to some degree and you get 30 things to pick from this month and uh if you don't like them come back next month but you know if you look at like the a real life example let's say the u.s where we have you know uh, you know, free market economy where we have imports, exports. Uh, we have all type of content that comes in and lives in, the, in, in in our country. And it has to meet a certain set of rules and regulations. And the country takes a small tariff on that. I think that that's probably the future where digital places are going because people want to, like, I want to wear whatever I want in a game. Do you know what I mean? If I, yeah. I want to, I want to be myself. And I think that that's just a bit of a, it changes the design space. Um, but yeah. Then yeah, a little bit. Of yeah, what, a, what an economy! And you know, when you look forward, I'm curious. You know, as as one of the the players that are kind of helping form what this stuff is going to look like, 
put on your your uh, Back to the Future hat, right? Jump in your DeLorean, jump forward 10 years from now. Where would you like things to be? You know, both with Bitsky, um, the NFT space overall, crypto, AR, VR. What, what do you see in 10 years, which is like 100 years in normal spaces, right? Oh my God, it's a trillion <laughs> years in NFT space. I know. Um, you know, I think that we look at ourselves, I'll say that we have the opportunity for Bitsky, we have two sides of our business. We provide a, a great wallet experience. Um, all you can think of it almost as the Gmail of wallets. You know, if you're gonna own something, you need a place to put it. Um, most wallets today require you to, you know, manage your own private key. And that's a cool feature of, of you know, this whole Web3 space that you have complete sovereignty or have the option to have complete sovereignty over everything you own, put it on a flash drive or ledger, uh, you know, and, and throw it in a, in a fireproof safe. Our assumption is that not everyone's going to want to do that and that you're going to want a service to do that. And so we've gone really deep on great wallet security and great user experience. And then the other side is like the translation layer on the commerce side. So if you do buy something and it happens to be in some currency, maybe you don't have that currency, you shouldn't have that currency. Really, you should just be able to do whatever you want to do. I created something, I sold it. I don't really know how it happens. The same way I don't know a protocol. Well, I actually do know a protocol we're talking about because you mentioned it earlier. But generally, I don't understand the protocol that I'm like, having with like a live stream conversation like this. Yeah. I think 10 years from now, if we're going down the rabbit hole, uh, what you see is... Uh, this is very much becoming the future of work. I think that the metaverse economic opportunity will probably dwarf that of the industrial revolution as far as influence on humanity and society. And I'm a very pragmatic person. I'm not some. I'm not pie in the sky about this. I genuinely believe that the that the work and in, in, in jobs that can be. That can, that can occur in digital places are going to be absolutely massive. And that doesn't mean we're going to be in a dystopian society like Ready Player One where we're in the stacks and whatever. I just think that instead of getting on the computer someday and like, you know, writing code, you might just get on the computer and like drive a taxi in, you know, Cyberpunk 2077 or something. And, you know, you earn money in that game and then you buy digital goods in that game, then you can sell those digital goods. I just think that there's a, I mean, easily like a hundred trillion dollar opportunity, uh, which is an enormous number, but you, you lose, when you think about like the exchange of good and services that we have, there's so much friction in the real life, in, in, in the real world right now, uh, whether it's like shipping, distribution, uh, cost of goods, all these things. And a lot of that is, is eliminated. And so it's really kind of hard to imagine what all of these jobs will look like, but I do see it being a lot of goods and services and the creation of those things. And I, and, and I think that's going to be, I think it's, I think it's going to be absolutely, I, I mean, it's inevitable. This is, this is all very inevitable in my mind. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. I think it's inevitable. But when you look at it from the standpoint of, okay, you know, humanity is already distanced from each other, right? The interconnectedness and communication. We already have this computer layer with social networks and all that stuff in between just me and you having a conversation, even like this, right? Yeah. It's always kind of disjointed. And then you add a layer on top of it where we're in a metaverse or we're, you know, depending on whatever the portal, like you say, to you, you use to get into the metaverse, we're abstract even further is that a fear or is that a is that a feature or a bug you know of this of this this new world you know it's 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 tricky because um i don't know i don't know yeah like yeah. i i think you know one thing that we think about with building technology and i think this is a little bit relevant to what we saw that happened with you know facebook over the past 10 years you know facebook wasn't started by malicious people the algorithm wasn't you know of, of you know, of trying to get people to see engaging content wasn't malicious in nature. Uh, but there are these sets of unintended consequences uh, that weren't really realized or thought through or anticipated. I mean, that's that's the whole point of that, that phrase. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same thing that happened with, you know, f fossil fuels and, you know, 60s, 70s, all the different things. And so there, I, I do think there's going to be a backlash 
uh, I don't think it's going to be nearly, I, I think humanity finds a way. And I think people will naturally sort of, uh, it, I, I think most people will naturally sort of throttle themselves. I think that they'll spend, like, I already spend eight, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day on a computer. And I feel mm-hmm. like I still have an okay social life. I have, you know, children, family, whatever. Um, I think it'll, I think it'll work out. Just the things, I think the things that you're going to be doing during those working periods, is going to look a little bit different. Yeah, you know, a lot of things, I think about this a lot, and the this is a really insightful conversation because it's validating, you know, some of my thoughts in terms of the world changing because of this kind of technology. We saw it already, like with healthcare and, you know, especially with the pandemic and people are forced to be socially distant, people are forced to get on Zoom and all that, but what if you lean into it and you're able to go see a therapist or some other medical professional through, you know, whatever portal you want to, whether it's chatting like this or sitting in a room with that person and have it authenticated, right? So that we know right. that that person is who they say they are and they, you know, they have this this layer on top of them that we know, okay, I am talking to the right person and their credentials are such that I should be talking to them. Being able to verify that versus, oh, you have a plaque on the wall, therefore you must know what you're talking about. What if you could have a right. level of understanding deeper than that? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the other thing, that the other direction to really consider is that from, from from the the ability to get to know somebody into emotion or you know to, to get emotionally attached with someone and for them to for me to really express who I am if you kind of think about it like I I only have outside of a lot of time to talk or whatever there's only so many things from a physical perspective that I can do to really like let you know who I am but imagine mm-hmm. from a digital perspective where there's not as many limitations to the physics whatever it may be that I can actually get a more accurate, a closer like depiction of my own personality in a digital place than maybe I can in real life. That doesn't replace like the, the IRL kind of like, you know, the pheromones of talking to somebody and the, mm-hmm. in the small little nuances of that. But I do think that we're going to see people really, like, and I think this is really what's driving a lot of the time spent online and, you know, kids hanging out and playing like Fortnite versus not caring about winning, just spending time there. Um, I, I think that it really is a place where you can express yourself a little bit more and, and not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but like, this is actually why I think GIFs and, and memes have taken off so well, because there's something about like a good meme that, you know, it can it, it can express what would take paragraphs and paragraphs and you can just do it in one image. And I think that that's absolutely magical. I think, you know, just the idea of like GIFs and images, I feel like have helped people understand each other so much better than, you know, fumbling through, oh, this is, you know, this is what I mean about this. To be able to reference this one thing that we both we both know about, we, you know, I think I think it's all very, very interesting. Yeah, picture is worth a thousand words, and now you can verify that picture with NFT technology, right? There we go. So then, so then what do you, what, you know, you said something earlier that I was really, I made a note to, to bring it back up, and that was around the, the AR or augmented reality being really interesting, in some cases more interesting than, than virtual reality, which requires all of your senses for the most part and most of them in order to engage with the AR kind of fits into the real world. Can you talk about some ways that you might see that manifest like in, in kind of real world productive ways? Is it just seeing virtual art on the wall or is it seeing a virtual menu pop up from a QR code or like what kind of ways are we, are, do you see as, from a, from a founder standpoint, AR kind of changing our lives? Yeah, I think it's just, I, I mean, I think certainly the, you know, those examples make a lot of sense. I think one of the things that's you know most interesting is that it, it, it gives you a new dimension to express yourself. So, so long as people are, you know, have glasses on or what, yeah, let's assume they're glasses, 
contact lenses maybe that you know in 20 years who knows uh, but they can see you know more about yourself so like i said earlier like the pet on my shoulder or you know that could be a, a number of things uh and then maybe there could be other things that indicate my mood or whatever whatever i'm really comfortable sharing but i do think that there will just be a lot of subtleties that make life just I, I don't. I think it'll feel very natural, and it'll it'll there, there'll be a certain window of uh, this is how I'm going to use my AR glasses. So the, it kind of reminds me a little bit like when the Apple Watch came out, but 2014 or so, and everyone was like, "Oh my!" Like you got the watch and you didn't know how to use it. You're like, "How often am I supposed to be looking at this thing?" Like <laughs> like holding it up and like my arms tired. I'm like trying to like Instagram had an app, Twitter. I'm like, I'm supposed to be using an app on this. I have no idea. And I think that work. Well, I think in the same way that we realize that hey, the watch is actually just really good for like exercise and, and notifications here and there. Um, and I think we'll probably figure out that same sort of use case in AR right now. I'm not 100% sure what it is, but I do think it probably will be fundamentally associated with represent, like representing myself and then maybe just like augmenting whatever I'm doing from like a heads up display perspective, you know, better navigation to where I'm walking or, you know, a reminder of something that's happening. Who, who knows what it might be, but just more casual sort of just uh, slightly augmenting what I'm doing in real life, not replacing what I'm doing in real life. Although I did see a really cool thing where, uh, I, where I think I want to, I don't know if this is actually real or not. Um, but maybe a demo where a kid was, there's an app where you can make like an obstacle course, like you so like at a playground. And so if you had the glasses on, you could run through the obstacle course. Oh, nice. So you're going to, I think you see interesting things like that. Um, so yeah. Yeah, there, there's a there's a ton of stuff. I'm I'm excited to see what happens, right? Because sure. you know, one of the, it's it's basically. You remember that show uh, that came on that movie? Uh, not a movie. It was a series. Uh, Black, Black Mirror. Mirror. Yeah, it's basically Black Mirror. Black Mirror was a proof of concept for all the things that we're gonna all the way down to the contact lenses, right? Or being able mm -hmm. to walk into a club or something and see see uh, you know a vaccination status or credit score above their head, right? <laughs> right. It's it's coming, right? Those are coming. Absolutely. It, like and. and you know what? It sounds so crazy to say, but like humans, have, if anything, throughout time have always adapted to this type of thing. You know, when the printing press came out, everyone was like, oh, my God, no one's going to go and talk to people. They're just going to be inside reading books all the time. I mean, I think even one of the Canterbury Tales was about like the the, the, the student who just wanted to perpetually learn. Like, I think there was a, a genuine fear that, you know, this type of content or this media was really going to replace like you know, the, the roots of humanity. And I think just over time, and, and I've probably seen the meme of like, you know, in the 60s or 70s, like a black and white photo of like people read, everyone's reading the newspaper because mm -hmm. uh, everyone's complaining about, you know, everyone's on their phone on a bus right now. Um, <laughs> but like, there's always, we've always had this, we've always had this desire to like, you know, you know, to, to be curious, but we always come back where I think, I don't know, like humanity kind of just finds a way. It's a really cheesy way to say it, but yeah. 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 I mean, it's interesting because, you know, we've seen it accelerated again by the pandemic. We've seen all this, you know, some of this kind of manifest as the work from home space through, you know, services like Zoom, et cetera, mm -hmm. where, hey, now I don't have to be over there. Now I can be more productive and more environmentally conscious by staying my, my butt at home and yeah. working remotely. I'm still happy. I'm making my money. I'm paying my mortgage, but I'm not stuck in traffic. I'm not doing all that stuff. So that's one of the ways that this kind of might manifest, right? People may, like you said, either you're working in the metaverse or you're working through the metaverse connected to someone else that's also when mm -hmm. they're doing things. Yeah. It's, it's really exciting. Um, I want to I want to dive into Bitsky a little bit, um, but before we do that, you mentioned wallets, right? And this is mm -hmm. this is me just trying to understand the space a little bit better. Sure. Um, I have a wallet, you know, uh, and I have some stuff in it, some coins, you know. I'm I'm, I'm playing in the space mm -hmm. enough to be able to understand the space, but then when mm -hmm. when you know I hear things like, oh yeah, you can have multiple wallets, you need multiple wallets, one for this, one for that. 
the analog to the real world breaks down. I have one wallet in the real world that has all my stuff in it, right? If I lose it, mm -hmm. I'm screwed, but I know where it is. It's all in one spot. Draw that picture for me. What's the analog in the in the crypto digital world, you know, with these with these wallets? Is there, is there a specific wallet that can only take certain kinds of currency? So therefore, I need multiple wallets or can I get one wallet? that has everything in it like break it down once and for all for us Don. sure absolutely um so wallets is an interesting sort of skeuomorphic representation of ah, this is where all my stuff is yeah. um i, I think a, a better sort of a better way to think about it is more of like this is an account uh, this is where i keep certain things in certain accounts so while you might have one wallet you probably have multiple accounts with money in them, whether it's, you know, an investment account, an IRA, a banking yep. or checking account, a savings account. So I think you can probably think about wallets like that, like the, which wallet is the right tool for the job. Um, and so in some cases, if you're holding, you know, a seven, eight hundred thousand dollar crypto punk, um, you probably have that on a piece of hardware in a fireproof safe right now, um, which that gives you the security. You feel confident. You have deep conviction. Um, generally, when you have $800,000, you don't want to take responsibility for securing that. So it's a little bit it's an interesting perspective that a lot of folks take. Um, but I, I think that, you know, not all wallets support all tokens and or all currencies and all NFTs. Um, and I don't know that they all should. I think that, uh, again, it kind of comes down to like the right tool for the job type thing. Yeah. Um, and also it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of work from a tech, not like a tech perspective to support tons and tons and tons of different tokens and have a great user experience. So I, I, think, that the, 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 I think the best way to think about it is that, you know, if you're trying to do, and this is kind of where the Bitsky wallet comes in, we think most people are gonna be using NFTs in a way that's very high touch daily. Um, they're not gonna be, you know, thousands of dollars of, you know, each, you know, I think they're probably gonna be 20, 30, $50. There's gonna be like a low price point for these things. They're gonna become very utilitarian, very high frequency use case type type goods. And you probably want that in a place that's easily accessible. I can log in and connect it to an app and I can, or, or a game and I can trade something or whatever. Um, so that makes sense. And then if you want something that's a bit more, you know, self like custody if you want to take more responsibility for it then you can you know buy like a ledger which is a hardware wallet that can connect to a lot of like interfaces different wallets um but ultimately that i think the two big ways to think about it outside of what type of wallet what type of token that a wallet can hold is is it a do you want a custodial or a self-custody wallet meaning do you want an expert to be you know responsible for making sure all your stuff is safe or do you want to be responsible for it yeah. and i think part of the early web3 crypto ethos has been i want to be responsible for it and it's a very powerful thing um i just think that over time that's obviously like it's you know with great power comes great responsibility it's a, it's a lot of weight and um you know wallets also uh, they have these things called private keys, which is like, you know, you have a public key that you can share with people so they can send you stuff. And then there's a private key, which you never give to anybody. And if you've used like MetaMask or anything, you get the private, you get the seed phrase, which is like a mnemonic for, you know, unlocking that private key. The yep. thing is, if, you're, if your key ever gets exposed, which has happened a lot because it's very easy to like a hack a MetaMask or something like that. Um, there's no recovery. There's no take backs. It's not like you can just change the password. That's like, that's, and in the, the bad thing is if someone finds that private key, um, they can just sit on it and just watch it and just get notifications until you fill it up with tons and tons of stuff and then they can steal it from you. And so, um, we've kind of taken a bit more of a pragmatic approach where we've, we put all everyone's private keys in these devices called hardware security modules, which, you know, banks and things have been using for 10, 20, 30 years now. Um, and we've have them configured in a way that, a, that, a, that, 
they can never be pulled out of that hardware. Um, it's like Mr. Robot stuff. Like if you go and like if you shake it too hard, the whole the whole device wipes and stuff. And these are living in biometrically secure data centers, you know, across the country. We're you know we've gone very very deep on that. In our mind, we're not religious about very many things, but we do think most people should allow their private key to be with someone who's full like responsibility is keeping it safe and they're experts at that yeah no no for sure that, that's fascinating you know i think about when i think about it from a you know a layman's slash consumer or newbie perspective when i hear wallet i think hey i got a phone i got a, i got an iphone and in my iphone apple has a wallet and they're hooked up with with uh you know the banks with their with their apple card and all that what's to stop apple from just saying hey you know now you can put this other thing in your wallet, which is secured by your face or whatever, your thumbprint, whatever. Is that plausible that Apple might do that and, and kind of leverage their security ethos to kind of lock this down? Or is that kind of out of the realm? I know that's a completely newbie mm. question. I'm curious. Though. No, no, it's it's actually it's a great question. And I think it's absolutely plausible. So actually, you know, when you have touch ID and you, and you talk about, you know, your keychain on an iPhone, for example, it's in like a little chip that is effectively like a mini hardware security module. Um, and so similar technology now from a product perspective and from a just, you know, the way that Apple thinks about cryptocurrencies and stuff, I don't know that it's inevitable going to happen anytime soon. But I, I do think in the same way, you know, Apple Pay was what, you know, quite a long time after credit cards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it, it went pretty well. I w it would not surprise me one bit if Apple ever got into the wallet space. I think it would come with a certain set of limitations. It would be tied to a specific device, uh, which you kind of see with Apple Pay as it is right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's totally same with Google. I think Microsoft, any of these big players like this is not. You know, we're pretty smart, but we're, you know, we're not the aliens. We didn't come up with something that no one else could figure out. So uh, it's something to always think about. Yeah. So, so if you if you look at this space and we're wrapping up here, if you look at this space from, you know, you just use astrophysics as a uh, as, as a as a metaphor for this. So you got the Big Bang, you know, where everything happened. And then now where things are mm -hmm. now in a, in a rapidly expanding universe, where are we? You know, if Big Bang is the start and now is current, are we a couple of seconds after the Big Bang in terms of the uh, the the evolution, the maturity of this space, NFTs and the metaverse and all that? Or are we at the beginning of, say, the Stone Age? Like, where are we right now? Yeah, well, we're not we're not close to the Big Bang yet. Um, <laughs> and and well, I, I say not close within like, you know, NFT years. So I'd imagine probably in the next, you know, 12 to 36 months, you're going to see a lot of products that really change what we do with with NFTs. So right now, NFTs that you're seeing today, um, and, and by the way, quick plug on Bitsky, you can you know create and sell you know, all your photos as NFTs. Yeah, very yeah, easy. We're going to close with that for sure. Yeah, perfect. But but the the big thing that you see with this is that you don't actually. Um, you don't do a lot with NFTs yet. We like, NFTs today are kind of like websites in the early 90s. Like we're excited, we have pictures, we have text, uh, but there's so much more that we can do it. These are programmatic little mini apps. There's a lot of things that you can do with it. They can change over time. If it's, you know, let's say it's a sweatshirt and, you know, I run a hundred miles in a game, it can get tattered or it can get really, it can get good. Um, there, there, all this like sort of like dynamic ability, we haven't even gotten close to. We're still kind of in the place where like, we're just, you know, we're, you know, we're worried about, you know, the uh, the ecological concerns of the blockchains. We're still figuring out how to do all these things. And, you know, a lot, a lot of these problems are in the process of being solved, which is wonderful. But I would I would imagine that, uh, you know, let's say I think at best there's five million active people using a wallet right now, monthly active people. Um, you know, that's tiny. 
when that's you think nothing. of humanity. That's yeah, nothing. nothing. And, and so, yeah, we're, we're still early, but it is absolutely coming. There's a lot of companies, Bitsky is one of them, but a lot of companies that have really started to understand the opportunity of what you can do with this technology. And they're building all sort of like the inner, like we're still kind of in the infrastructure stage. Think like SimCity, when you're like like laying the roads and the, and, the, and the water pipes and the power lines, like we're still right there. Like there might be a couple new residents, but we haven't built a metropolis just yet. Nice. I love it. I love it. All right. I, w- I want to talk about Bitsky because that's that's the ex- that's really exciting. I read the, the write up on it and what you're doing there it articulated from the CEO slash founder standpoint, the problem that you guys saw and what you're solving and what people can look forward to and how do they get involved with it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, like I said, two sides of the wallet, which I think we've talked about quite a bit. You should have an easy way to store all the things that you own, um, and and that's and that's that's a big part of that. But the other side is the commerce side, and we have we have sort of a, a sort of a no code, sort of easy to use marketplace uh, that you can not you don't need to understand anything about blockchain or cryptocurrency. You sign up, you connect a bank account, uh, and you sell your NFTs with a credit card. And it's, you can kind of almost think about it like a little bit of a Shopify Lite to some degree. But we handle we, we basically abstract all that complexity philosophically for us, we are excited, we're very outcome oriented. We think that this is going to create new experiences, new revenue models, new ways for people to monetize the things that they're doing. You, you, you just you don't need to be an expert in all the underlying database like nomenclature. Um, and so that's that's probably the biggest benefit of using Bitsky is that you can you could sign up and sell an NFT in you know five minutes. Never you don't have to connect a wallet. You don't have to have a you know ether. You don't have to have uh, any other sort of currency. You can just you know sign up and start doing it. And it's it's been really it's been you know it's gone really well since we launched it about I guess February last year. Uh, this marketplace is you know we've worked with brands like Adidas, Levi's. Uh, no uh, WWE, uh, all, all sorts, and all the way down to like tons of individuals. And here's what's actually crazy about it. You know, there, there's these, there's a lot of artists and a lot of photographers as well that you know on Instagram. You maybe have you know say four or five hundred thousand followers, but it's really really hard to monetize that engagement. Um, we did a drop with uh, I think one photographer who I think within a minute or two of these NFTs being listed had basically made more money than he'd ever made in photography combined. I think I want to say he did something like maybe $80,000 or something like that with under a wow. minute. It was insane. Wow. And I wow. think that there's just a in, in yeah, I, I think that the opportunity for what you can do with this is, is just absolutely like fascinating. I think photography right now is having a bit of a moment in the NFT space. Um, if you look at all of the big NFT influencers that are buying a lot of the different, like, you know, the, 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 the project, you know, the PFP projects that you may see, they're all really getting involved heavily on the NFT photography side. We're going to be featuring a lot of photography over the next, you know, coming weeks. Um, and yeah, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. Ah, so exciting, man. How do you sleep at night? Like, <laughs> I Bro. mean, there's so much going on. When do you have time to game? Like, what's going on? <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's really funny. I, I got this PS5 behind me and uh, I haven't even used it. Like, I just, it's like, I just haven't had a chance. Um, oh. the, you know, the, the best part about this is that it, it's, it's so fun. Like, you know, like, I, we feel really fortunate that we're able to, like, build in this time that... You know, this isn't this doesn't feel like pre like uh, you know pre mobile and then mobile because that was a big shift. You know, like having a computer in your pocket and all these things. Um, this is like pre and post internet. Like th- like once maybe every 20, 30 years or in technology do we see such a such a fundamental like re like terraforming of the landscape of what you can build. And this is just one of those moments, and it's just there's just perpetual enthusiasm. I have like goosebumps saying this, like perpetual enthusiasm, and it's really like I have no idea what everyone's going to build with this, but I'm sort of you know hell bent on enabling all these like creative ideas. And so, yeah, sleep. Uh, you know, we, we do our best. We try to get some every night. 
it's like it's like the uh it's like the transition from one age to another like going from stone age to iron age or something like oh by the way there's this new substance you can use to build stuff with it's called steel you know and this so yes. let's see what you let's see what you can do with it people here you go right that's really yeah, absolutely and I'll, yeah. I'll 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 say like one last thing so one of our investors he out and i'm paraphrasing him is chris dixon uh brilliant guy you know he said if you think like how long do you think the uh, the internet's gonna live? I don't know, let's say four or five thousand years. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. To to assume that thirty years into the internet that all the rules have been written and the foundations aren't gonna change at all is just a bad bet in general. And so I think for anyone who's some skeptic on, you know, current applications of NFT or what people are doing about it, really need to think about this is this is a new like ownership primitive for the internet. And that's incredibly powerful. And so uh, there's just perpetual optimism, regardless if there's like some small cycle or something that I'm not you know, excited about. I don't like this project or that project. The ultimate, the ultimate thing that keeps us going every day is that we have no idea what all these other new things are going to be. And, and, and that's just, I don't know, that's rare opportunity to build something like that. Love it. We'll leave it right there, Donnie. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. If people want to jump in and start minting NFTs with, with Bitsky, what do they do? What's the, what's the next steps for them? Yeah, bitsky.com. Uh, click on the creator button and you can start minting. Wow. I'm going to do that after this. I'm going to play with that. Dude, thanks for coming on. Great discussion. Yeah, like I said, we, we could talk more. We got, you got to come back. We, got, we have so much more to talk about. I want to talk about fashion and avatars and NFTs and if that's a thing and all this stuff. There's so much stuff to talk about. Um, we'll leave it right there, though. Uh, and I, I suggest folks go check it out. Bitsky.com is the URL. And in, one last question for you, Donnie. We'll throw it for the folks, the photographers that are watching this and they want to get more educated on the NFT space from a, an unbiased source you know where where should they go like where what's the best place to go to kind of learn and get up to speed on all this hmm you know off the top of my head i would probably search nft photography on twitter and just see who, what people see what some of the successful ones are doing and, and follow yeah. along and ask questions all right cool we'll leave it right there donnie thanks for coming on i appreciate it this is twitter